Do you have a purpose in your life and does life have meaning to you? Or is your life cracking up and going all to pieces? The big question today is, what is meaning? 50 years ago when I started preaching, the philosophical question was, what is truth? Today's question is, what is the point? Andrew Morris, the great philosopher in France, wrote, the universe is indifferent. Who created it? Why are we here on this puny mud heap spinning in infinite space? He said, I have not the slightest idea. And there are many people that take that attitude. Albert Camus, who was the great philosopher that everybody quoted a few years ago said, man cannot live without meaning. Are you trying to live without meaning in your life? Now here are some of the things that the philosophers were saying that people think about when they're alone. When you're alone, here's what many people that are here tonight think about. First you think about, well, I have to suffer. Maybe now or soon. I must struggle to make ends meet. I must struggle in my marriage. I must struggle with my girlfriend, my boyfriend, because it seems that things are going wrong. I must struggle to make grades in school. I'm at the mercy of chance. I feel guilty all the time and I don't know what I'm guilty of. I ask the question when I'm alone, who am I? I know that I must die and I'm afraid to die. I don't want to die, but I know I'm going to have to die. Every person in this audience 75 years from now will be dead. There are hundreds of people here tonight that have to decide tonight, and your decision tonight, yes or no, will decide where you'll be 100 years from now. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care if the whole outfit turns against God. I don't care if all of you turn to idolatry. My house and me, we're going to serve the true and the living God. Have you ever said that? Robert Browning exclaimed a hundred years ago, this business of life is made up of terrible choices. And it is. We have to make some of these choices in our lives. Adam had to make that choice. Was he going to build his world with God and have peace in the world and justice in the world? Or was he going to go his own way. He decided to go his own way and to listen to the devil. Some people say, well, if I follow my conscience, isn't that enough? No, because your conscience can be dead. Many people have a dead conscience. You see, you, you, you tell a lie when you're a child and your conscience bothers you. Now you can look a person straight in the face and tell a lie and it doesn't bother you at all. There was a time when you do some other things that bother you, now you can do it and it doesn't bother you. You say, well, that's not so bad then. Your conscience doesn't bother you. Why? Because your conscience has been seared or it's dead. People say, well, being sincere, if I'm sincere in life, isn't that enough? No, it's not enough. Well, if I, I, I do so, so many good things for people and I smile at people and I'm friendly with people, don't you think God understands if I commit a little sin now and again and He'll understand. He's a good God. He's a loving God and all that. No, God doesn't understand. Then there are people who say, well, I reformed. 
Yes, you can reform the rest of your life, but that's not it. So there's a choice that you have, one life or the other. Which will it be? A life of surrendered Lord and Savior or a life in which you surrender to yourself and your own desires and your own pleasures and your own greed and your own jealousies? You have to make a choice. Which will it be? Not only two ways of life, but also you have to choose between two destinies. What is your destiny? Where will you be 50, 100 years from tonight? You'll be somewhere. The real you, your body will be in the grave perhaps, but you, the real you, your soul, your spirit, the thing that thinks and remembers and loves and so forth, that's the part of you that will live forever, either in heaven or hell, and you've got to make a choice between the two. You see, your soul is important to the devil. He wants your soul. He'll pay any price. And some of you are selling your soul so cheaply. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? The devil will give you the whole world if you'll follow him. But some of you will follow him and he won't give you anything. You just follow him because you don't, you're like the pig that's following the man that's dropping the beans, going to the slaughter pen. Every little bit he drops a bean and the pig goes following right along. And you don't even think that you're following the devil in the wrong direction. Be aware. There are certain things that have not changed and will never change. The first thing that has never changed in all these centuries, the nature of God has not changed. He said, I am the Lord, I change not. In all these centuries, he's from everlasting to everlasting. He had no beginning, he has no end. I don't understand that, but I accept it. He's the one thing that we can count on is God. He's unchanging in his holiness. God is unchanging in judgment. It says the Lord shall judge the ends of the earth. God is unchanging in love. God loves you. That's hard to believe, that's hard to take in, but God loves you. And if you were the only person in the whole world, God would love you. God is love. That's one thing I want you to remember when we leave, that we've said. And then the second thing, the Word of God has not changed. Not only the nature of God has not changed, but the Word of God has not changed. He tells us where we came from. He tells us where we're going. He tells us how to live every day. The third thing that hasn't changed, human nature has not changed. Yes, God will never change. The Word of God will never change. But you have to change if you are to go to heaven. If you are to have a, a new life here and have purpose and meaning in your life, you have to change. The first thing you have to do is repent. The second thing is to believe, and that word believe means to commit. That's the marriage vow that we take. It's not just getting married, it's a lifetime commitment. Has there been a time when you received him as your Lord and your Savior and said, Lord, with your help, I want to follow you. I'm going to pray and I'm going to be as faithful to you as I can. And some people say, I'm trying to hold on. 
You don't need to hold on. He holds you. Just turn loose and let him come into your heart. Are you willing to change your way of living? That's repentance, to change your mind, to change the direction of your life. And you can't repent by yourself. The Holy Spirit has to help you do that. And then you come by faith, and faith means commitment. When I stepped on this platform last night, I'd never been on this platform before. I didn't get down and examine it to see if it would hold me up. I accepted by faith that the carpenters that built it, built it to hold a man. He will meet all those longings and all those needs and give you a new life. He can come into your family. He can come into that office where you've been having trouble. He can come into your schoolroom. He can come into every phase of your life and make you a new person. He can make those ends meet. He can help you meet those payments. He can help you in looking for a job. He can give you total assurance that your sins are gone and that God will never hold you accountable for them again. They're forgiven. And he receives you with open arms and he'll do it tonight if you'll let him. I want him to take all of me. I surrender my life to him and I say, Lord, I am willing to repent of my sins and turn by faith to you and put my total confidence and my total faith in you.